Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Our speaker wasn't, and it isn't because it's the last person that we wanted to get. It's the first person we wanted to get, so uh, we're happy that Kathy is speaking today. Um, Kathy, you know, she's a great friend. Um, happy that she and Mike are here at the church, so we're, we're just blessed to have you here. Thank you. So, we feel blessed so, to be here. It's all yours. Okay. That's a real singable. Mama Cass. What was the name of their group? Um, Mamas and the Papas, of course, yeah. 1969, I was in seventh grade. It was like such a great song, so singable. And uh, it was so hopeful, wasn't it? It's getting better every day. So that is what I had in my mind when I, I uh, got the assignment from Joel, the great big honor from Joel to uh, carry on in Colossians. We've been in a series of that, and he just gave me the piece of Colossians, and so I get to take it from here. And um, how about Joel and Danelle? Aren't they amazing? I'm so glad they're getting some time away. I hope we're leaving them alone and not texting them and, <laughs> I don't know, letting them really have some time apart. But anyway, I appreciate them trusting me with this this morning. And so we're going to keep on going in the series called Fill Her Up, Jesus, from Colossians. And you all remember Joel talked about how Colossians, Colossae, was a town in Turkey that was a very small agricultural town. And the um, only evidence that it ever existed, because it was an earthquake, was this letter. So it's kind of an interesting, it's, it's like a, a remnant, or it's just an amazing truth that remains, even though the city does not remain. And as a recap of what we've been talking about, um, it is that when we live according to our desires, apart from God, we're going to run on empty. And Jesus is the one that's going to fill us up. And so I want to go on to Colossians, the very, very end of the second chapter, 2, in verse 20. And this is amazing scripture. Very simple. I have been crucified with Christ. 
And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And I think that's an amazing thought, don't you all, that um, he lives in us. It's kind of a difficult concept to think about. It's hard to sort it out. What part is Christ and what part is me? Um, I think it's different for everyone, but I think we all agree that the goal is more Christ and less me, just generally. I don't know where we are in our balance, but um, because he lives in us, he is closer than breathing. He's inside us. And then, if that's the case, if Christ is inside us, then necessarily it is getting better every day. And that's why I chose that song. If he's in us, it's getting better every day. It just is, even though we may not feel it or see it. So what has happened inside you since Christ came to live inside you? What's gone on? What's changed? What's different? Your actual position has changed. You're reconciled with the Lord. You're promised eternal life. You are completely forgiven. And he's changing you on the inside. He just is. But what is God doing right this minute inside you? What's he doing? I want to I just lay this out. God, right this minute, inside you, is appreciating you. He is supporting you. He is guiding you. He is adoring you. He is encouraging you. He is completely focused on you at this very minute. He's happy with you. He is laughing with you. He is delighted in you. And you have been raised with Christ. Have you thought about all that? Sometimes we come to him and we think, oh, Lord, I need your presence. Could you please just deign to maybe look down on humble me who is here desperate for you? But I want to reframe that a little bit. He is constantly, every single moment inside you, pouring out love, encouragement, support, direction, everything you need. It's right there every single second. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit more here today. And so let's go on to first the to Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Oh, set your hearts on things. And the second verse says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. What a thought. And the most um, interesting thing that stood out to me, what I want to talk about the most here, is to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. So what does that mean, to set our minds on things above? Does it mean that we just kind of check out of reality, tune out the world? My mom used to say, don't become so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. I bet y'all have heard that phrase before. But it is simpler than this. It's very, very simple. It means that we need to start paying attention to what we are thinking about. To set your mind on something just means to focus on it. And so let's focus on what we are thinking about. What are you thinking about? If you're like me, you spend most of your time thinking about your problems and trying to work things out and 
how bigger problems are in this world, how bad it's getting, opposed to the Mama Cass song. We are probably thinking about how horrible the political climate is in our country, how much devastation those hurricanes, the recent hurricane brought, maybe how far off track our kids are, or how the bills are piling up, or how sick we are, or immigration. So we get to thinking about these things, and we are usually letting these thoughts swirl around in our heads, and we kind of get nowhere with them. They're just going on all the time. And those are definitely earthly things. They're definitely earthly things. They're the reality. They're, they're what we see around us. And we know that it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is false, whatever is troubling, whatever is wrong, whatever is upsetting, whatever is ugly, whatever is problematic, whatever is discouraging or heavy, think about such things. <laughs> right? Absolute, oh my gosh, there's not supposed to be a scripture at the bottom of that. <laughs> it is not a scripture in the Bible. You all know that. Wouldn't that be crazy if the word of God said that? Go ahead and take that one down, Richard. <laughs> Can you imagine if the word said to focus on these troubling, discouraging, horrible, heavy things? Why does it not say that? Why does it say the absolute opposite? Because the Lord does not want us to carry these burdens. But that's what we're doing. We just do it. We just do it, and our brains do it, and we can't help it. And um, we cannot solve the problems about mm, maybe more than 50% of the time we are thinking about things that if we think and think and think about them, we cannot solve the problems. And it makes us feel what? Peaceful, happy? No, absolutely not. It makes us feel awful. not happy. That one's not happy. (laughs) So the Lord knows that we have a tendency to do this, to swirl around in negativity, to swirl around in worry. And so what can we do about it? What's the remedy? It's very simple. We're going to set our mind on things above, not on earthly things. When we seriously and deliberately focus on the things that are good, things that are pure, true, lovely, admirable, excellent. We're going to start to connect with the Holy Spirit inside us. And what could be closer? Nothing. He's right there inside us. So let's look at Philippians 4.8. This is the actual scripture. (laughs) Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We're going to focus on these things. Now, it might be a big leap, really, for us all day long, every day, to take our minds off of the things that we are thinking about, those negative things that are swirling, swirling down, and things that we cannot solve, and simply start to feel satisfied with them. That's not going to be something that we can easily do. So I suggest that we start very small. And this is a tool. I've been using it for the last three weeks, and it's been amazing. It's just a very small thing we can do to take control, to exercise control over our thoughts. Consider, oh, I'm thinking about that again. Notice what you're thinking about. There's always a conversation going on in our mind. Most of us don't pay attention to what we're thinking about, but if the topic is worrisome or ugly, troubling, problematic, 
we're going to feel something. We're not going to feel peaceful. We're not going to feel calm. We're going to feel kind of worried, kind of an undercurrent of dissatisfaction is going to be going on. So, like, have you ever had thoughts like this? Oh, gosh, global warming again. You know, I don't even know if that's real or if it's not real, but it seems to be a pretty big deal. I guess if I recycled, I could probably help global warming, but I don't know if this detergent bottle is this kind of plastic or not. And if I throw it in that bin, will it totally undo all the recycling benefits that I just did? And if you think about it, China is spewing all this junk out into the air anyway, so what good is recycling going to do? And where am I going? I'm like, can I solve this problem? No. Am I feeling peaceful? No. But isn't that typical I mean, at least in my brain. I don't know about you all, but that's what's going on. So what we can do is catch yourself as early as you can when you go down those nice, well-worn paths of worry or discouragement. And... Think of something, say, whoa, not, not going to get on that freight train, and say, I'm going to think of something right this minute that is truly satisfying, just satisfying. And so I challenge you right at this minute, you all, everybody, think of something that is satisfying. I asked a girlfriend about this the other day, and I said, what are you satisfied with? And she goes, oh... That's a good question. I'm satisfied with my daughter, but you know, she's not going to church right now. And if she would just, and I said, no, stop, hold on, right there. Think of something that's really satisfying. She said, oh, oh gosh, well, I'm glad I live in Austin. And I like the food in Austin. I'm satisfied with Austin. I like my apartment. And I said, okay, focus right there and just feel that. And so I want to encourage you all to do that right now. Just set your problems the big issues, the apocalypse and things like that, and just put them over here. And just for a moment, think of something that is satisfying. And you might think, I can't think of a single thing that's satisfying. But think of something just small, like, I am so satisfied with this cup of coffee. It's so delicious. Thank you, Beverly, for brewing, and I really feel so happy and glad this is here. I mean, that's simple, right? It's not the world's problems, but I am so satisfied with this. I'm satisfied that I'm at church today. I'm satisfied that we have such a warm, friendly church. I'm really satisfied here. Really, really feeling satisfied about that. I'm satisfied that I have a friend I could call when I have something on my mind. I'm satisfied with the way these shoes fit. They, they feel good. I can walk a long way in these. I'm really satisfied with these shoes. Everybody have something? Everybody do? Okay. How does it feel when you think about something satisfying like that? Something different comes over us, doesn't it? The worry, the heaviness kind of leaves. It's just sort of peaceful. And we might even start to say, thank you, God, for this cup of coffee. Or, gosh, thank you, God, that I found this. This is the second pair of these shoes I've had, and I found them. And I'm like, thank you, God. You helped me find those same shoes again in the right size. I'm so satisfied with these shoes. Your mind has left earthly problems, and you have begun to focus on what is pure, what is good, what is right, what is true, what is admirable. And it wasn't that hard to find, was it? You just have to look. You have to pay attention to what's going on in your mind. And in that state of mind, in that satisfaction, you begin to connect with Jesus. We're going to do it. He lives right there, right inside us. And that's what you want, isn't it? Isn't that what we're all really wanting is that deep connection with him, that experience with him, that satisfaction. 
Holy Spirit that way, Jesus, God, they're all God. And then when we make that connection, it raises us up out of our, our perspective that was down here, thinking about global warming, up here to God's perspective. And he gives us his viewpoint. And what is his viewpoint going to be? I got it. I'm taking care of it. I'm providing. Aren't you satisfied? Look around. Look at that sunrise this morning. Did you all see that? Oh, it was amazing. So no wonder he tells us to think about what is true and noble. I'm sorry, this is making so much noise. He tells us to look at what is noble and lovely and admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. It just changes our state of mind and it helps us connect with him. After all, he's right there. He's nearer than breathing. Jesus is in you. Christ is in you. And he is supporting you. He is adoring you. He is admiring you. Right this minute, he is encouraging you. He is focused on you. He is happy with you. He is laughing with you. He is delighted in you. And he says, I've got your back. You have been raised with me. All the time. That's going on every single moment. So why would we want to spend any time at all someplace else? Why don't we just stay right there in that beautiful place with him where all that is happening and we are so satisfied. It is getting better every day. I just love that song. Probably going to be in my head all the rest of the day. (laughs) Once we begin to just pay attention to our thinking, and we probably haven't been doing that, but just pay attention to what you're thinking. Notice when you start to get off into solving the world's problems that you can't solve. And then notice... This feels awful because there's no peace there. That's a, that's a way you can tell if you are connected with God. What are you feeling? I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling irritated. I'm feeling worried. I'm not happy. Am I connected with the Lord right there? Just, no, you're not. But, oh, I'm feeling kind of kind of peaceful here. I'm kind of looking at that sunrise. I'm enjoying that coffee. Wow, this feels kind of nice. Am I maybe connected with the Lord right there? Yes, that is a state of mind. That's the receptive mode that we get into. I'm satisfied I'm warm enough. I'm really satisfied with this great pen. It just writes so well, and I do a lot of writing. Just simple. I know it sounds like maybe we're not being serious enough about life, but once we connect on a very simple level of satisfaction and that turns into a little bit of praise and then maybe a little bit of adoration, what happens? He gives us this perspective, and then the answers to those problems that we've been wrestling with start to just plop into our minds. It's going to be God's answer, God's wisdom, not our human little answer about like that. Um, so you get into a peaceful, receptive place, and you can be sure that you're going to feel the peace. That's a way to know that you're connected with the Lord, by feeling the peace, maybe a little bit of excitement, maybe a little bit of joy. And then that's when the answers are going to come, not when we're off in our own world. So uh, I think the same concept shows up in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And um, if you'll put that up, it's um, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. That's the connection with God. Let the petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. How about that? 
He just moves it out and takes the place of it. And that's the way he intends for us to live. We are supposed to feel good. (laughs) All right? That's what he wants for us. We're supposed to feel joy. Not just little brief glimpses, but if we keep our minds focused on him, we're going to feel it pretty often. So we're not supposed to dwell on the questions we don't have answers to or on the problems that our limited brains cannot solve. Instead, just try that. Just try saying, whoa, I'm way off in problem land. I'm going to stop right now and just focus on something satisfying to me. I hope you all got one thing that you were satisfied with. Um, And in this receptive state, Jesus is going to fill us up. We are changed. We are transformed. We can't change ourselves. But he's changing us from the inside out, is he not? And that is really good because Colossians goes on to say, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. That's a lot, but we cannot do it from our human capacity. It's only the Holy Spirit in us that is changing us. Like, what's the old saying? Um, when the alcoholic found Jesus, somebody asked him, well, do you still drink? And he said, I drink as much as I want. I just don't want to anymore. Inside, he's being changed. It's the Holy Spirit of God changing, transforming, renewing us. And when we focus on where we are satisfied We allow the Spirit to change us from the inside out. So let's look at the rest of that verse, Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. And if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgives you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. These are the natural products of the Holy Spirit when we allow him in to do the deep inner work that we all need. It's the fruit that comes from the Spirit. It's not a to-do list. It's not something that we have to accomplish. And we draw on his power And we draw on that power when we are in the frame of mind of connecting, being satisfied, maybe letting that turn into a little bit of praise. It's like praise here. When we're praising, we are focused on him. Hopefully, we might not be. We may have a sore knee that makes us, you know, distracted and, well, I got to go to the doctor and we get off on that freight train. But we can just bring our minds back to, I'm so satisfied. I'm right here praising God. And then in that state of mind, we're going to connect with him. The only effort we have to put forward in this is to focus. 
and it's not easy because <laughs> we're really used to, at least I am, focusing on other things. Drop those worrisome thoughts and focus on the satisfied thoughts that you have, the things around you that are satisfying. And when we do, answers to our questions are going to plop into our minds. Things are going to work out for the very best for us. We know that the Word says He is working all things together for good because we are the ones who love Him, right? We can depend on that. We can trust that. And what a beautiful way to live. He wants his peace to rule in our hearts, not just briefly and in glimpses and intermittently, but really all the time. And the last of the verses, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Letting the message of of Christ dwell among you richly with gratitude in your heart is really important, isn't it? Finding something you feel satisfied with, even however small, and dwell on that for as long as possible. And then your satisfaction again will turn to appreciation, and pretty pretty soon you're praising, then you're connected. And in that place, you are going to feel happiness and elation and maybe even joy. He wants to fill us up with satisfaction. He wants us to be connected with Him, focused on Him. And as life happens, He's going to fill us with His perspective. And our problems are going to shrink and fade as His wisdom fills us. And in that state of mind, in that peaceful, wise state of mind, aren't we more effective for Him? If we are flowing in His peace, connected, satisfied as much as we can be, then every interaction we have with other people in this world is going to be a magnet to them. How can you be so calm? The world is ending. (laughs) Well, I have this connection. I have the truth, actually, that it's not ending. The Lord is in charge. He's providing for me, and I'm satisfied with that. It's just the ultimate trust, and it's very um, magnetic. It's very... um, You do look a little weird to the world (laughs) that you're not worried about the things everybody else is worried about. But that's the distinction of a Christian. It's that trust. It's that love. It's that peace. So keep on doing it. We're just it's getting better every day, is it not? I think it is. So I want to end by just giving you a minute to think about the problems that you came in the door with that you tied up in knots, the things that are heavy and weighing you down, and Think about the issues that need resolution in your life, but you just can't get there. Um, And think about the things that when you really, really start to dwell on them, you cannot get peace about. Even if you think, okay, I'm going to leave that problem aside and I'm going to start to look for satisfaction. And that's the thing that I would invite you, and I want you all to come forward and receive prayer. Let someone pray for you. Just to bring that thing, or ten things, whatever it is. And so, prayer partners, would you all come up, whoever feels led to pray? And it's time to just hand those over to Jesus, and then give your mind a break, so that you can go home and sit this afternoon, and find satisfaction in your cat, or your children, or your jacket, 
whatever it is, and to get into a more peaceful place. Sometimes we just need to say, whoa, Lord, I have been carrying this big mess, this big weight, this big load around, but now I'm going to give it to you. So if you all would come up, and maybe we could play some music just to keep keep it you know, kind of quiet. Um, I want to pray just generally. Thank you all. And, um, and then if you want to come and just get rid of some stuff, let's do it. Um, Lord, thank you that you are right there nearer than breathing. You're in us. Thank you that you know what we need. You know that we can't carry these problems, figure them out, or solve them. So we come, Lord. We hand that big thing, that big worrisome trouble over to you. Thank you now that you just flood us with some peace and that connection with you. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.